Hello, welcome to Kiara Gets Drunk and Talks About Music. Today we are talking about Graduation by Kanye West, and my guest is Tashar. Hello, hello. The amazing, incomparable Tashar. Oh, do all your guests get this kind of they love? They don't, so you should be very proud of what I just said about you. I'm excited. I should come here more often. You really should, but welcome. I'm so excited to have you on the pod. Thank you for having me. Um, you and I know each other from work. Yes, you were my quote-unquote boss. Quote unquote, kind of boss <laughs> for a brief amount of time. Yeah. But you and I worked together for like a, it was like a year, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think we got to bond over our love of um, some amazing hip hop records, music in general. Music in general. But hip hop. And the was, office. And obvi- obviously the office. I was going to bring that up next, but <laughs> absolutely. No, uh, a great time. And uh, our friendship has stuck, even though we still work, we work at two separate workplaces. Yeah. Sometimes when you know, you know. To Shard, today we were talking about. Graduation by Kanye West. I'm very excited. I'm excited too. Huge record. You and I were just saying too how exciting it was for us to both go back and listen to this record. And I wanted to give you a little bit of a history lesson on Kanye, on graduation. Okay. Lay it on me. So as we all know, for some of our listeners who are maybe, you know, maybe you've been living under a rock for the last like 15-ish years, you may not know who Kanye West is, but Kanye started out as a producer, most notably with people like Jay-Z, mm-hmm. uh, and he was actually credited with producing um, one of Jay-Z's biggest tracks, which is Izzo. Mm-hmm. H to the Izzo, V to the Izzo. It's a classic. It's a classic. It's huge. Um, <laughs> back in 2002, however, Kanye West was involved in a near-fatal car accident. He required major facial reconstruction surgery. Yeah. Uh, this is all true. No, and it's I the iconic, like it's, it's the jaw, right? It's the iconic jaw thing. And so, for our listeners, again, who might not know about Kanye West, but want to learn more about Kanye West, it is noted that when he recorded the song, Through the Wire... One of my all-time favorite songs. Great song. His jaw was wired shut that entire time. Yeah. Amazing story. <laughs> like, resiliency of the human spirit, in a nutshell. It's Kanye. It's Kanye. There's no stopping Kanye. No stopping. He's unstoppable. And so with Through the Wire obviously came his first record, College Dropout, which was which was released in 2004. And that also included singles like All Falls Down and, of course, Jesus Walks. Uh, yeah. Which put him on the map. Graduation, however, closes off Kanye's first three studio albums. So this first trilogy of Kanye, all education-themed, so College Dropout, Late Registration, graduation it sold 2.7 million copies in the u.s and it went double platinum and it was nominated for grammy album of the year did not win but it won for best rap album so that is something even though kanye was not happy about it and uh he has said that he was inspired by bono and u2 when he was writing the song so he or sorry right when he was writing the album yeah he wanted it to be more anthemic he wanted it to be this arena pleasing yeah sound um I'm like out of breath from talking already. No, I... So bad. Kanye, that, there's a lot of history to Kanye, there's okay? There's a lot of history to Kanye, and I'm just trying to get through it at this point. Who who won the, um, I the actually album of the year? don't know. 2008. Should we check? Let's I feel check. Like we should. I need to know how slighted I should feel. Album of the year, 2008, is... Oh, Raising Sand by Robert Plant. I'm, of course it is. <laughs> That is not what That's I would have classic. guessed. But Robert Plant, he's from Led Zeppelin. Robert Plant beat out Kanye. Let's let's just like call it what it is. Kanye's won enough Grammys ever since then. So I don't know though. He's still pretty mad. <laughs> yeah. He's mad about a lot of things. So. I feel like he's a he's a man who uh, probably holds a grudge for quite I some think time. So. I think Kanye is not one to let things go. No. 
as we've learned. But since then, Kanye has released eight studio albums in the last 15 years, which has sold 21 million copies globally. He's collaborated with hip-hop heroes, Jay-Z on Watch the Throne, which came out in 2011, and Kid Cudi, which is, I think, one of his besties. <laughs> I never thought I'd use besties I and know. Kanye in Look the same that. sentence, but I did. <laughs> um, on their album, Kids See Ghosts, which came out in 2018. His most recent album, Jesus is King, has been delayed in the release. So uh, I was going to put a release date in here, and uh, I still don't know when it's coming. To be, de- to be decided. TBD. And uh, obviously, as we know, Kanye and controversy, they go hand in hand. This oh, yeah. guy is never one to step away from the drama, whether that's T-Swift, whether that's 50 Cent, George Bush. But that's why we love him. Before I get into things that we also love, very serious question for you, Tashar. Have you ever popped champagne on a plane? No. No, you haven't. No. But it is to be noted that that is what we are drinking tonight. Yes, it is. Paying homage to Yeezy himself, mm-hmm. who references champagne in multiple songs, but particular, particularly on this record, Good Life and Can't Tell Me Nothing. We're drinking champagne. Ours probably doesn't cost as much as his does. Probably not. And we're not on a plane. We're not on a plane, but maybe we'll get there. Maybe. Later on this Inspirational, season. okay? Inspirational. This is, this is our college dropout. This All is right. our call. Wait, no, graduation. We're doing graduation. No. Well, like you get to graduation. Oh, I see. You got to start so at starting. the dropout. Tell me a little bit about how you got into Kanye. Ooh. Let's see. Kanye, early 2000s. What was Little Touchard doing in the early 2000s? Yeah, what was he doing? I think early 2000s, I'd have to go more so like I was an Eminem head. Like, I wouldn't say I, I, was, I was a big. Kanye fan until much later on. Okay. I think, you know, I don't necessarily remember listening to College Dropout or Late Registration, but I feel for me in particular, it was it was graduation where I started listening to a lot of Stronger. Come on, that that song went around the world. Yeah. And once you get that, it's like you can't ignore Kanye West anymore. Yeah, because that's when like he was like on the radio. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think once I kind of got a feel for that, I started to really deep dive into Kanye. And and we talk about, like, we live in this age of, like, trilogies. And, you know, if you have one movie, you're going to have three movies. It's like, yeah. that was the music trilogy. It was this theme of, like, you know, self-doubt, not really knowing what you are in this world, to then late registration where you kind of have your footing and you kind of know where you're going to graduation. And this is your victory lap. This is where you can say, fuck you to all the haters. I'm on the map. Yeah. This this was peak Kanye. This was peak Kanye. This was peak pink polo Kanye. Mm hmm. And, and the, and the I love what, it. what the shades were, the the, the way shutter for, shades, the shutter shades, shutter shades, man. Whew. That was peak. Terrible look, though. Terrible look, but like very ineffective sunglasses. To yeah. be honest, terrible. Literally shielded you from zero. Well, light. I feel like as a designer too, he's got holes in his t-shirts. So I feel like you now, know, it's, but at the time he was very clean cut. He was. He, you know, he described himself as a as a Carlton. Early two thousands. That's like what he like. Like fresh prints. That's what he described his style as. I wonder I if he know. does the Carlton. Like the dance. I would pay some serious money to watch that. I would pay serious money to see that. Well, I'm kind of on the same wavelength as you are. I I think now, talking about Kanye, you almost have to preface any conversation you have with somebody about how much you love Kanye by saying he's like a guilty pleasure. Because of the way his career has gone and because of the, again, controversy that he's allowed himself to be a part of or create, uh, he's not very well liked anymore. I agree. I think Kanye has always been egotistical. 
and I don't think we can ever shy away from that fact that he wasn't egotistical when he was doing his first album. Like, he's always been that kind of person. Over time, he kind of, he may have gotten a little more jaded, and he might have... And then everything with his mom. And exactly. I think, I, I feel like he never really processed it. You never. know what I mean? Like, he, he went on that glow-in-the-dark tour, like, right after he found out, broke off his relationship. He was, like, engaged at the time, I think. I think to Amber Rose. Was it Amber Rose? I thought it was Amber Rose, but I, I like, could be wrong. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. His um, life kind of fell apart after, it, after Donda died. It did. But I remember even when he got his um, an award for, I believe it was like Stronger for a single. And like he was talking about how he like does everything to like make his mother proud and stuff like that. And you imagine like you'd see a little like pain or suffering but he like he kind of spoke with such like dissonance like it wasn't like it it was weird it was you would almost imagine there would be a lot more emotional like pain when you talk about something like that and I feel like Kanye never really took the time to process it and it just as a result of that it's been a downfall of this image of who he is absolutely I think that this was the end of an era of Kanye that we'll never see again with the three education themed albums you know what I mean like we saw we saw this it became a lot darker it was it was a lot darker and he was making music but from a different place and so like if you were to take beautiful dark twisted fantasy because that's one that's probably my favorite kanye album and you compare it to something like good life which we hear on this album it's it's not even in the same ballpark of what he what his headspace was 100 percent. so i i can really appreciate the the part of kanye that we got to see in this era of who he was kanye west changed the rap scene fundamentally like absolutely shifted it from its core if we talk about a turning point in rap music it's graduation i think he paved the way for people like you and i both love chance the rapper yeah there would be no chance the rapper if there was no Kanye. i don't think there'd be a chance the rapper a big sean possibly drake yeah no yeah i'm with you i'm with you maybe kendrick would still be kendrick's pretty talented. yeah i think i think yeah kendrick's a little different i took it too far yeah yeah i took it too far that's blasphemy (laughs) (laughs) well i'm uh anyways i'm super pumped i feel like we need to get right into uh talking about i want to start with the songs that you really loved okay what would be a song what would be one of the first songs that you loved off this record if you could hit me with a song that you really good life good life love it we're starting on a high note come on the beat as soon as that like album starts it's so good i wrote down oh sorry did i say good life i meant good morning But Good Life is also a favorite song of mine, too. Okay, because as I was going to say, I was agreeing with you, and then I was like, this isn't the first song. No, 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 no. Good Morning. There are too many good things about that album. Keep going. Okay, so Tushar, why why do you like Good Morning? It acted as a transition piece in terms of his music, right? So College Dropout, Late Registration. I will say in terms of flow, those two albums I actually enjoy over Kanye's third album. Yep. But I think that... Good morning kind of has that like... It Wake hits up, you Mr. That, West. Yeah, it, it comes with that hard beat in the beginning. It has that soulful kind of jazzy vibe to it. Yeah. And then it kind of transitions into that more like electronic feel that you really get in the rest of the album. And I think what a great piece to go from like, yeah, this is what you're used to, but wait what I'm going to show you. Absolutely. I think this was the perfect introductory song we've talked on this podcast before about interludes and the use of interludes or um 
uh, like starting off a record in a particular way to bring everybody into the theme, bring everybody onto the journey. And I think that's what this song did. And he literally says, like, this is my dissertation. Welcome to graduation. You know what I mean? He's yeah. like, this is the album. Like, this is graduation. Like, welcome to graduation. I love when artists do that. Yeah. And Kanye tells me, welcome to graduation. I'm like, ooh, I'm ready. Like, <laughs> my body's ready. Like, You feel like he's talking to you, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. So, and I like the Jay-Z sample, too. I thought that was good that he included Jay-Z in there, mm-hmm. too. And you start off with that, you know, kind of like tribute to Jay-Z, and then you end off the... Sp- Big Brother. Yeah. Yeah. It's, oh, it I did not realize in. that. He just like, yeah, that was good. Because, okay, we're going to talk about Big Brother later, but I was going to argue that Big Brother maybe wasn't the best way to end the album, but now I see what he did there. Mm-hmm. Too smart for you. I mean me. Too smart for you. <laughs> for all of us for all of us it's it's a good way to start the record and Mm -hmm. i listen to it like in the morning driving to work and so when he's like good morning i'm like good morning indeed kanye how are you (laughs) um so one of the ones i wanted to talk about right off the top was champion Mm -hmm. not one that i used to listen to um when i was 13 and would blast this album in my room definitely one that i used to skip but i took more time in listening to it and prepping for the pod where i was like i need to listen to the lyrics more Mm mm-hmm because I think when you call a song champion and when, you know, the loop is saying, like, don't you know, like, you're a champion in their eyes. I'm like, well, he's fucking talking about himself. But what I realized, too, in listening to it, and I did have the lyrics up and I read through them, he wasn't necessarily talking about himself. It was about he, me? Oh, it was about me? It's about everyone. Oh, I thought it was... You were pointing at me. I was like... <laughs> you, too. Personally. You're a champion. But I think it's about those people who 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 are champions in our own eyes like for him in this the message in him was it was his dad yeah exactly so he talks about you know he he says like he's like we were sort of like will smith and his son in I the movie i am talking about the rich ones because every summer he gets some brand new hairbrain scheme to get rich from oh. always sent me to school in some brand new wardrobe something yep. like that so i'm like no matter what he didn't really know necessarily what his dad was doing but his dad was providing yeah and now what i liked about that was like this full circle moment where i'm like that's kanye now like kanye's got three kids he just wants to give him the best life possible. Like he's the champion. Now. Exactly. And and that's the thing. I think a lot of that song too is um, it shows a lot of maturity, right? I think yeah. Kanye and his father were always somewhat distant. I don't think he was the most like stable parent. I don't think so too. I don't think he was in his life too much. And for him to then make a track where, you know, as an adult and you look back and I think that's something that we can all really resonate with because let's be honest, as a kid, you're kind of a shitty human being. Generally. And you just don't really appreciate the things that your parents do for you or the sacrifices they make. And, you know, to a certain degree, it's because you're oblivious to it. This is him growing up. This is him, like, kind of understanding that, like, for all his father's shortcoming and his eyes... He's still a champion. I thought that was a really, really strong song. And I'm glad I gave it kind of a second chance because honestly, I was kind of ready to write it off. I'm glad I I sat down and listened to it. It ends up being one of my favorites on the record for sure. No, I 100% agree. I think there are very few songs in this album that I skip over. This is one of those, you know, Golden Apple albums where... Golden Apple? You know, you can. I feel like you can listen to it. What is that expression? Golden Apple, like the golden apple on the tree. I don't... Like the the ripe pickings. What? Is that not a saying? Golden egg probably would have been better. Or like golden okay, nuggets. Fine. I guess <laughs> go- it's the golden egg album. The golden egg album. No, I don't know where I was going with that. Oh, it's one of the few albums I feel like I can I can really listen to. Like and there are not many albums in my eyes where I can really go start to finish. Yeah. And this one too, it's like I say that and there are one or two songs on this album that I and don't worry, we'll get to those two. I tend to skip. We got we to gotta look at this critically. Fine-tooth comb. What is another one that you really loved? Ooh, everything I am? 
the chorus for that one is kind of like it struck me a lot more later in life than I did as a kid. You know, what is that what is that line? Everything I'm not made me everything I am. Like yeah. as a kid, you sit there and you're like, what the fuck does that mean? Like no shit. And then you kind of sit there and you realize Kanye was extremely different than your traditional early 2000s rapper what was the most popular type of rap music back then it was gangster rap you're talking about 50 cent like it was jeezy tony like, yayo yeah there we go <laughs> Woo. i know like two units <laughs> anyway sorry continue to shark but he had um a middle class upbringing he was this kid whose mom was a teacher like in taught him the importance of education. But I think what he really realized is it was the things that made him different. Is that truly made him Kanye. It made him Kanye. It made him successful. And I think anyone who was trying to get in the rap game, I guarantee you what they were trying to mimic was like 50 style. They were trying to do gangster rap. Yeah. And Kanye just went right out of left field and was doing his own thing. And he, he built this genre of new music that you never would have been able to do. Unless he really, you know, took pride in his differences. And, you know, this week, just been listening to Kanye, like, nonstop. This song hit hard. I understand where you're coming from that I never would have appreciated back in the day. I'm always the first one to jump to Kanye's defense. With this song in particular, I would find it hard for anybody to argue that everything I am is worse because it's Kanye than something like Be Yourself by Audio Slave. Where the message is, be yourself, all that you can be. Uh, born this way, Lady Gaga. On the right track, baby, I was born this way. That's literally exactly the same message. Again, everything that he's not made him Kanye. If Kanye was gangster rap 50 Kanye, he wouldn't not be the Kanye that we see today. And we wouldn't have graduation as a record. You know, for him, if he can't rhyme something, if he can't like figure out what the next line is, he can't just go straight to, and I'm going to pick up the Glock. Right? Yeah. It's not in his tone. It's not in his theme. So he was forced to almost come up with creative lines. He he was forced to really go outside the box. Yeah. I just, I feel like he's in a he's in his own league at this point. Kanye was in his own league. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think which one I want to talk about. There's two that I really want to talk about. I'm going to talk about Good Life first. Okay. Because I literally cannot even with this song. As soon as, as soon as I heard it come on, I was like, like, I was like, yes. Like, I was like, good life. This was, okay, so this was one of the first Kanye songs that I learned all the words to. And so, like, me, 13 years old, like, was rapping along to this song. And then when I was reading the lyrics, I was like, I probably shouldn't have been singing this. You know, like, picture picture me as a 13-year-old, like, in my room being like, she got the goods. She got that ass. I got to look. <laughs> Sorry. See, I'm picturing like an emo punk Kiara singing that. And exactly. That's, that's it an was image very its weird own. for everybody involved. <laughs> but I also, I think my favorite, my favorite thing about this song is, I don't know, I really love T-Pain in this song. I'm really sad that T-Pain like isn't a thing anymore. I know. Sorry, what were you going to say? Good life. Good life. Good life. One of the one of my favorite lyrics in that song is. Um, Wait, can I guess? Is it we like the girls who ain't on TV because they got more ass than the models? Of course. I love that lyric. <laughs> what is your favorite lyric? I'm sorry. Um, it is Fifty said. Um, Go ahead, switch your style, style up. up, and if they hate, let them hate and watch the money pile up. Yeah. <sighs> that was peak Fifty versus Yay. Yeah, and that's yeah. what I'm talking about. There wasn't heat like animosity between the two like they were having a great time with this rap beef and it's just like it fits so well it did you know he is changing the style up 
And people kind of shat on it. it. Like, people were like, what is this nonsense? Yeah. And, well, we're all here watching Kanye sit back and watch the money pile up. Literally. No, he was the best. He was the number... This And that's how I interpreted this song, too, is he was the number... He was probably the number one name in rap at this point. Like you said, this was Kanye's victory lap. He had made it, and he had reached his apex. So this is a celebration. This good life is me. He's like, these are the things that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Like, this was as close to the traditional rap tropes as he ever got this was just him being like i made it like this is the good life this yeah. is why i'm here and then t-pain just did his autotune thing and it was glorious it was amazing it was it was reminiscent of like uh you know 2005 to 2010 era where like that autotune was everywhere but also like let's talk about t-pain for a quick second t-pain had like he had some pretty big features because he was featured on this song which was huge mm-hmm. he was on um uh, low with Flo Rida. That was T-Pain. Wow. Yeah. Which was a... That is a... I haven't heard someone talk about that song in... Big song. <laughs> and on um, the Chris Brown song, Kiss Kiss, yeah. that was T-Pain. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think he had a solo record. I never listened to it. But his strength was being this featured autotune guy. He was a feature artist. He yeah. was a feature guy. He was like... Um, nope. My example's gone. <laughs> <laughs> I did have an example to but compare him to. But he was just like that guy. But he was just like that guy. <laughs> he was totally about that guy. What's another one you like? Uh, can't tell me nothing. Oh my god, that is soul music. So, that is so music. That is soul music. Oh, I was like, I was like, it's so music that it, it what? Is so music. It's so music. <laughs> I wrote down. I have very few notes on can't tell me nothing. Okay. I did. I did love it. Literally, all I wrote was, "This is four and a half minutes of Kanye telling us that he could give two shits about criticism, and it totally works for me." That's all I wrote. I love That's this true. song. The way it starts off, too, like, la, 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 wait till I get my money right. I was hoping you were going to sing it. I mean, you can't not you sing cannot. it. You can't And I feel sorry for all you audience members there who had to listen to that. To me, that is like, you ever work a shitty job where, like, yeah. your manager comes up to you and is like, you got to fucking do this. And you're just sitting there and you're like, man, wait till I get my money right. <laughs> just you wait. Wait till I get my money Because then you can't tell right. me nothing. That is that is what that song is for me. It is like it's one of those you're having a bad day and you kind of feel down on the world and you listen to that and you you're no, you can't tell me nothing. Yeah, yeah. That's that is a banger. You should love yourself like Kanye loves himself, and he does. He doesn't give a shit. Yeah, he doesn't give. A well, shit. What, what is that line in that song? So if the devil wear Prada, Adam I'm Eve wear, wear nada. nada. I'm in between, but way more fresher. So Come fresh. on, <laughs> that guy just compared himself. To Adam and Eve. To Adam and Eve, the devil, and by extension, God. Yes. And said he's way more fresher. Come on, people. He was wearing a pink polo. Find self-love like Kanye does. I really need it in my life. (laughs) I really need it in my life. I love that song. That's a a good one. Kanye. Mm -hmm. uh, Kanye. Yeah. The the drink is starting to hit. We're getting to the critical point in the podcast Lovely. where the drink is starting to hit, and I'm I'm here for it. If you guys, you you know, this is a podcast, so you, you can't see anything, but Kara has these crazy fucking glasses they're to huge. drink out of. They're they're massive. I could fit my head in here. I don't think that's true. <laughs> I have a small. Don't head. fill their head. With <laughs> <lies>. <laughs> don't fill their fucking heads with lies. Can I guess what your next favorite song on the album is? I feel well, like I know. I feel like you saw my notes. But... No, I, I have not peeked. Come on. Okay, take a guess. Homecoming. That wasn't going to be my next one, but we can talk about Homecoming. Okay. Um, I will have to say right off the bat, a friend of mine, one of my best friends in high school, she knew all the words to this song. When oh, I wow. met her, this was like her jam. Mm-hmm. So immediately every time I listen to it, I think of her. In a way, that was my own connection to my hometown when listening to this song, which I really appreciated. What's and your obvi- hometown? Oakville. Oakville, Ontario, Oakville, man. Oakville, baby. 
<laughs> GTA. Um, <laughs> Please never do that again. <laughs> clearly, like Kanye West cares about Chicago. Chicago yeah. molded who he was. And so that's what this song is. This is him speaking to Chicago. And what I find so interesting about this song, too, is that no matter how many fans you have around the world, so how many people who love you, no matter how many people buy your merch, buy your tickets, follow you on Instagram, whatever, there's always going to be that group of people who you want to impress so much. Like there's people back home who like never believed in you, never thought you could do it. And you just want to prove them wrong so bad. Yeah. That's what I got. I don't think that's necessarily the message that was from this record, but I was like, I was thinking about that. I'm like, Kanye cares a lot about Chicago. Like there were probably a shit ton of people who told him he was never going to make it. And I know he specifically talks about um, a girl in this, in this song, but I'm like, I always imagine like him wanting to make her proud. So you do know this, this girl in the song isn't actually a girl. No, I don't know this. That's bad. You shouldn't feel bad because oh. I've heard the song said, like, oh, but it's, my, name my name is, is Wendy Ann and I, I blow, like tree blow trees. trees. Wendy, Windy City, Blow Trees, oh. Chicago. No, and honestly, when I listened to the song for years, I didn't realize he was talking about Chicago the entire time. That's so interesting. Okay. And so I sat there and like, and I, I, it was embarrassing, and now I feel less embarrassed because you didn't know it now. I had no idea. <laughs> but I think it was like maybe like two years ago where it finally clicked, and I was like, holy shit, Wendy. this entire song is about Chicago, and it's funny, and it makes me feel a little dumb because at the very end of the song, he says, if you don't talking know by now, Chi-town. I'm talking about no. Chi-Town. Brilliant. And that's the sort of like lyricism that is so witty that I love. The uh, Are you a Coldplay fan at all? Did you like the Chris Martin Chris feature? Chris Martin, yeah, of course. Yeah? Okay. Oh, I love it. It wasn't my favorite feature, to be honest with no? you. No? No, I like the song. I like the song in general. I lo- like I like Chris Martin. I think he's very talented. I feel like it was an interesting choice. I mean, to our earlier points about how experimental Kanye was, like, he did bring in other genres yeah. in order to kind of mold, uh, meld all the different genres of music together. I don't know. For, for me, I, I like it. I'll deal with it. Mm-hmm. Do I think it could have been done better? Sure. Do I have an example of this moment? Absolutely not. And that's fair. I love the song in general, so I can't really complain about that. At this point, I think I am going to refill my drink a little bit. Oh, should I, I, should I chug the rest of this down? Chug it down. We'll, okay. we'll keep going in a second. Okay. Um, what is another one you want to talk about in terms of songs that you love to listen to on graduation? So this one is a... It's a bit... Of a double-edged sword. This album came out in September 11th of 2007. 2007, I was starting seventh grade. And a year later, I ended up moving to the Middle East. All right. So, huge change. Completely different world, really. I went to a school that was run by the American Embassy. So we had a lot of different nationalities. If I remember correctly, I think we had over 80 different nationalities in my school. Mm -hmm. So you really got, you know pickings from the entire world and i mean eighth grade middle school high school this song was everywhere and that is stronger of course i I mean this song took over the world it was in every house party you would go to i imagine house parties did you go to in seventh grade not in seventh grade but eighth grade uh, you know (laughs) a a fair bit eighth grade you get a pass (laughs) yeah exactly no and like i mean it was everywhere and everyone knew the lines to that song and i think like it's one of those songs that if it gets put on the radio i still think like somewhere in the back of my head like those lyrics are still sitting there and it's so easy to sing along to so for that like when i think about like myself in 2007 2008 like that was an amazing song 
You're like, it was a good year for Tashar. It was a great year for Tashar. I was watching this little uh, documentary in which there's like this little snippet of Kanye kind of like talking about this song. And there's this piece where uh, Timbaland is sitting in the studio with Kanye. And Kanye is like talking to him and he was like, I think I got this song to like to a great place, but I just can't push it that extra mile. Like I can't, I don't know what it is, but he's like, there's something that's missing. And it was, it was the drum beats. And I think Kanye was just like, Hey man, like if I could do the drums myself, like I would, but I, he's like, I need, I need your sort of feel and your tone to be put into this. And, um, someone was like, yeah, let's, let's fucking do it. And those drum beats, you know, that play in that song, Mm. that's what makes it a banger. You know, as your average listener, I don't think people pay attention to something as subtle as a drum beat. But like to Kanye, this is this is art. Like every little detail matters. Yeah. It's so important to him. And I, I think I, I love it so much for that detail. And then I look back at it now and I'm like, man, that song got overplayed. Like it was you, everywhere. You couldn't go anywhere with that that song being played. No. And and now it's like, if I hear Stronger, I'm like, fucking skip the next song. Like, please. Really? You skip I it? I can't. I can't do it anymore because I've heard it so many well, times. Sure, we're talking about songs we like. I know. You and that's took... what I mean. This was a double-edged sword. Because oh, you did say that. Okay, sorry. I loved it. But now it's like, it's one of those songs that just literally got beaten to death that I'm like, ah. I understand. I respect. At the same time. I was like you, where in the sense that like Stronger was everywhere and I did, I turned it off of my life for mm-hmm. a very, very, very long time. Knowing that we were going to do this pod, I put the album on, got to Stronger and I was like, oh my God. It was like I was listening to it for the first time. It's almost like because I took that break from it, I realized how great it was and I was so happy to remember that I still knew all the words. It's so well known. A hundred percent. It's so global and I was thinking about this in the car this morning. And I had to write it and add it to my notes because I'm like, this was the Kanye song that like white moms got on board with. Like my Mm. mom got on board with this song. 100%. She was like, yeah, you know that like Kanye West guy? Like he's a a cool guy. Like she, I know your mom and like she's a lovely lady and like I can, I can totally see her saying that. That and uh, I think there's so many great lyrics in this one. I've used many times in text conversations with my friends. Many times I have used um, if they're like, you're, you're late. Or like, I thought you were going to be here at eight. I'd be like, you should be honored by my lateness that I would even show, show up, up to this big shit. shit. And then I also like how he says, um, uh, you know, I've got to be right now cause I can't get much wronger because inherently that sentence is grammatically right. incorrect. It is wronger. It is wronger. He can't get much wronger than nope. saying wronger. I do have one more song on my songs. I liked list. Okay. Big brother. That's a, that's a great song because I think humble, shy, relatively mediocre Kanye is a Kanye that we don't get to see that often. Mm-hmm. Okay, wait. Let me trade out the word mediocre for, um, uh, what's the word? Like, he's very open. He's very transparent. He's very... Uh, I know the word you're looking self-aware. for. Self-aware. Why can't we think of it? I, I know the exact I know word what, you're I know you about. know what I'm trying to say. Um, Anyways, it's okay. It's fine. I'm going to scream it randomly through this podcast. Like <laughs> when it clicks it, to me. you let me know. This is a Kanye that I do not know. This is a Kanye that I never expected that I would hear. And it was refreshing to see somebody who, again, has infamous for his ego, thanking somebody and being grateful to somebody like Jay-Z, mm-hmm. who literally absolutely changed his life. Yeah. I also like, too, how he didn't shy away from, you know, letting people know that this friendship, this partnership wasn't perfect. 
So it goes through the journey. This whole song goes through the journey of like him meeting Jay-Z, getting signed to, you know, Rockefeller or whatever, like making beats for Jay, working with him, becoming bigger, having that competitive like sibling rivalry with Jay, mm -hmm. them kind of having a falling out, but ultimately him realizing like Jay's my brother. He's yeah. my big brother and he's like the heart and soul of what I do. Like that's huge. Do you know how the like the title came to fruition? So Kanye had done a song, so Homecoming. He'd done it with Chris mm. Martin. And Jay-Z also had a song. Beach Times. Yeah. yeah. That uh, featured... Beach Chair. We'll fix this in post. <laughs> Beach Chair? <laughs> Beach Chair. I think it's called Beach Chair. Put your bets in. Is that your final answer? Yeah. It is Beach Chair. Yes. Nailed it. So... Sorry. Yeah. I think Kanye was a little... Um, he was reluctant to show Jay-Z the track. Because he knew that Jay-Z had done a song that featured them as well. And in the course of this, like, kind of this dispute where Kanye was like, no, I really don't want to show you the song. Jay-Z was like, do you know who I am? I'm your big brother. But do you think it was like double entendre big brother where it was like big brother, like your big brother, like familial, Ooh. but also like big brother, like CCTV, like watching you. Interesting. You know, I've never thought about that way. That's kind of how I, just the way you described it kind of made me think about it that way. I feel like Jay-Z is one of those people that is kind of like intimidating in that nature. And like, you never really know. You can't take his word for his word. Like it's, there's probably like some hidden meaning behind it. Yeah. Just ask Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Okay. No, we're going to, we're going to step away from this one. Unrelated. Unrelated to poor Kanye. Anyways, continue. Sorry. But I think it is that, that beauty of he talks about both sides of that relationship. And it is sad. You know, you look at their relationship now and it's they are distant. And that's mainly because Jay-Z kind of even blatantly said it. Like he's like, Kanye's kind of a hothead. You never know when he's going to fucking turn up on you. But we talk about like how nowadays Kanye might not be seen in the same light that he was in the early 2000s, but Kanye was always doing shit like that. You know what I mean? Like, even before the whole Taylor Swift thing happened, I believe that whole um, Hurricane Katrina was like 2005, right? So it was like two years before yeah. Yeah. graduation. He did the whole George Bush does not care about black people. Like, Kanye has never not been controversial. No, he just says, he's unapologetic. No, he'll just he say shit, yeah. right? yeah. You got to love it and you kind of got to hate it because like I, I do understand that whole Jay-Z's mentality now. You know, I've had friends in my life that I've had to cut off because I'm like, I don't know if you're going to blow up one day or... And They're a liability. You're a liability and it's like, it's, it's a shitty thing to have to cut someone off, but it's like you kind of grow up in life and you hit the stage of maturity where you're like, I, I can't be involved in these kind of things. And I think Jay-Z kind of hit that level where he was just like, you know, I obviously love you and I care for you, but... I can't be associated with someone as hot-headed as you are because I don't know where you're going to drag me down. It was No, you're, I think you're completely right. I think it, a lot of that relationship relied on the reputation and the brand of both, both of them together. I think they were both at their personal best when they worked together. Mm -hmm. But obviously that came with consequences. Watch the throne. Exactly. Like nobody, <laughs> nobody can talk shit about Watch the Throne. And yeah, they had their issues, but I think what I like he addressed was, this is, I'm going to use a really terrible reference, but it's the only one that's coming to mind, but I'm like, what happens when the Padawan becomes a Jedi? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I think that I can see it from, from both sides because I can see it from the side of Kanye where uh, he's the Padawan and he's learning and he's figuring shit out and he meets up with Jay, who's this established Jedi and he, like, who's already famous, who's already got the rap game, like, eating out of his hand and 
the two of them come together and it's magic graduation might be the critical point where Kanye surpasses his teacher I think that that also hurt their relationship it would be it would be like if Ralph Macchio all of a sudden like beat Mr. Miyagi's ass you're all about this like 90s (laughs) 90s throwback hey what vulnerable vulnerable that's the word you were looking for vulnerable uh, i knew <laughs> okay that was that vulnerable. was gonna drive me crazy vulnerable was it the the karate kid reference that triggered that for you? <laughs> i don't know <laughs> anyways i digress are we done with big brother yep okay let's talk about some of the ones that we did not love since i mentioned big brother last what are what's one that you don't love? I think I know what you're gonna say. Drunken hot girls. Yeah, me too. Like I don't even understand what that song's about. Uh, uh drunken well. hot girls. <laughs> the actual flow of it, the waltzy flow of it, reminded me of like a Cuddy song. It reminds me of like um on off of um beautiful dark twisted fantasy, gorgeous. Th- that was the kind of vibe I got. I was like, ooh, okay, like I can roll with this. And then it started going, and I was like, no, I don't like this. No, one. and I didn't think that like that's the same way I feel. I think like that first five to ten seconds, I'm like, ooh, like this is this kind of has its own vibe, and it keeps going. And you're like, oh. Listening to the lyrics, I was kind of grossed out as a woman, as a person. I was like, this is gross. And he says, he's like, you know, we go through too much shit to mess with these drunken hot girls. I'm like, then just fucking don't. Just yeah. don't like just stay home. Like yeah. we don't need you. Um, but what was funny was so whatever I did, I, I did my first listen through of this album, made that note. And I was like, no, I'm writing off this song. And then I'm like in my kitchen the next day and I'm like, we've been through much. What is it? <laughs> like, Too like, much bullshit <laughs> with these drunken hot And I'm like, girls. sing it. And so what I kind of found interesting was I recently read this book called Bad Feminist by Roxanne Gay. And what she mentions, like right off the top in her introduction, where she says, we have all manner of music glorifying the degradation of women. And damn it, that music is catchy. So I often find myself (laughs) singing along as my very being is diminished. That is how I felt with this song. Because I'm literally cooking pasta, being like, uh, uh, stop dancing with your girlfriends and come dance with me. Like, yeah, I'm singing yeah. these lyrics. Stop I'm talking like, about your boyfriend. Yeah. Stop ordering drinks because they cost They're money. Yeah, like, <laughs> so I was just like, oh my God, like, who have I become? But then I realized, like, a lot of the a lot of the rap scene i do that without even thinking and yeah it doesn't age great and i think also it's uh we live in an age where let's just call it hypersensitivity really exists everywhere and i think but but for a reason for a reason and i think you know sometimes it's justified and sometimes i don't think you're actually solving any problem i think you're creating your own problem with the level of sensitivity in terms of rhetoric yeah we oftentimes forget that these guys are larger than life and the people that they're meeting the people that they're talking to aren't your typical grounded person it's these people who want your fame they want your money they want to you know understand what it's like to live that good life what he says in that song he's like oh he's like oh don't tell me you're a singer you're about to get a wrecking record deal like that's right yeah he's had to deal with that in his life where people want to people want to get with you for reasons other than just wanting to get with you if that was me and that was my day-to-day human interaction i would grow jaded too and i think i don't don't love the lyrics and i I think that's totally fair i think the lyrics could be better but again i'm still guilty enough in knowing that like when this song comes on i'm probably gonna sing to it and i wish i didn't because i don't agree with what anything everything he's saying okay so yeah not not one of my favorites i didn't love it maybe it's more borderline neutral for me but I wonder, yeah. relative to the rest of the record, which was so charismatic, it was pretty dull. I would never stop the party to be like, hold no. on, we're going to listen to I Wonder. No, it's, it's in the same league as The Glory and Buried Bonds. 
Where it's just like, I don't necessarily hate it. Pretty indifferent to it. And I, more times than not, I will skip over it. Yeah. I would like to talk a quick second about Barry Bonds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just because I cannot with Lil Wayne. But Lil Wayne was the shit in like 2007, 2006. Totally. Like he was top of the rap game. Yeah. And well, and he was doing, that was probably around the time that like Amelie came out. And that was probably around the time when he got, um, the young money thing started to percolate. And they did, um, what's that big song? I Can Make Your Bed Rock? And it was <laughs> yeah. like Drake, Lil Wayne. Gutta, Tyga. Uh, there was a chick. Nicki Minaj. Minaj. Yeah. Nicki Minaj. So like, I get why he included him because strategically, that's smart of Kanye to include somebody like Lil yeah. Wayne. I'm like, what the fuck is Wayne saying? Speak up. I don't mind him as a feature artist, but it's like, I can never listen to a full Lil Wayne album. It's his voice, man. It just drives me crazy. It's nails on a chalkboard. Totally. I will say this. Barry Bonds has one of my favorite lyrics in there. They say he going crazy and we've seen this before. But I'm doing pretty good as far mm. as geniuses go. And I kind of love that because that is like... Crazy equals genius. Crazy equals genius. Yeah. And like, I think Kanye was very self-reflecting in that moment where he was just like, okay, I guess I'm a little fucking nuts. But I'm also a genius. Self-aware. It's aged well. Because you look at Kanye and you're like, wow, he's fucking crazy. But he warned us 13 years ago. Exactly. Or no. When did this come out? 2007. 12 years ago? Math is bad. Math is hard. Especially... With this much champagne in my system. Seriously. Yeah. No. I can only count glasses at this point. Honestly, the bottle's done. So, like, drink up, Tashar. Okay, so look, Tashar, how this podcast works is after we've had our big, lovely discussion on everything we want to talk about, the songs that we love to listen to, the songs that we skip, we've got to give this record a rating out of five at the end of the day. Okay. So we're going to rate it out of our five giant-ass champagne glasses. One champagne glass or half a champagne glass means you hate this record. Five champagne glasses... It's going to be one of your favorite pieces. You can listen to almost every song on the record, not grow tired of it. So can you hit me with a rating for Graduation by Kanye West? Let's see. You know, that first Take glass, you, you're you drinking it. You, you're kind of vibing out. You hit that second glass and you're like, ooh. ooh are we uh, talking champagne or are we just talking like... We're we talking champagne. Oh, of we're course. We're talking about celebrating. We're talking about the good life. This was $25 champagne. <laughs> I don't mean to brag. You know, you get to that second glass, you're kind of feeling the vibes. You hit that third glass and you're like... You're at stronger and you're you're fucking head banging in the club. And then you get the fourth class and you're like, maybe I should put this down. I think I think that's where I draw the line. If the album flowed better from beginning to end, it would be a it would be a five out of five. I wouldn't even think about it. I'd be drinking all day. If this album ended, say we start off with Good Life. Yeah. And we end at Can't Tell Me Nothing. I think I give this five. Okay. As much as I love this record, I'm almost like, I may give it a three and a half. I see where you're coming from, uh, from the placement of the songs. But I I can't help, when you have an artist as big as Kanye, and he's got so many critical works in his uh, repertoire, I can't help but compare it to what I think is his best. And for me, what I think where Kanye was at his best was my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. I agree. Because not only did it incorporate this pink polo Kanye, it also incorporated post-Donda Kanye. Yep. Which, as erratic as he was, he did bring a certain passion and a certain um, anger. Vulnerability. And vulnerability. That's the (laughs) word of the day. He brought it to that record. And uh, so I can't help anything that he does. I'm always going to use my beautiful dark twisted fantasy as my my waterline i just i just think relative if, if beautiful dark twist beautiful dark twisted fantasy is a five for me because it yeah. is in my mind this is a three and a half yeah and i think we've had a major spill just a major spill major spill on this end of the clean table. up on all three 
Holy shit. <laughs> Just get through it. No, We're but so I- close. <laughs> um, I wanted to thank you so much for coming on the pod. I've had My a pleasure. wonderful time. I've drank a lot of champagne and I think we got through some really good shit. Mm-hmm. So thank you for coming on. I would love to have you back one day. I would love to. We can talk more Kanye. We can we, talk, we could talk uh, Watch the Throne. We can talk Watch the Throne. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Thanks to Shark.